I V M. You are listening to the Signal Daily, brought to you by Front Page Studios. Guess who's jumping onto the gender awareness bandwagon? The Supreme Court of India. That's who. The court has published a 30-page handbook for judges, encouraging them to use quote-unquote gender-just language. So basically, according to the handbook, terms like wanton woman and seductress are a no-go in the courtroom. Judges and lawyers have been urged to replace these terms, which are considered generally derogatory and stereotypical, with something more neutral. For example, prostitute is to be replaced with sex worker and spinster with unmarried woman. Also, the term bastard is to be replaced with non-marital child. In fact, Chief Justice of India D Y Chandrachud said in an official statement, and I quote: "It is vital that judges not only avoid relying on stereotypes in their decision making and writing, but also actively challenge and dispel harmful stereotypes." End quote. You see, the usage of such terms reinforce certain stereotypes which may cloud judgment. They are also often used to discriminate and to exclude. So, to remove these layers of biases, the handbook suggests a refinement of gender-sensitive courtroom language. And the concern is legit because there have been cases in the past where judgment has been plagued by stereotypes. For instance, in a 2017 Kerala High Court case. The court ruled parental authority over a 24-year-old woman who married and moved away on her own accord because, and I quote, a girl aged 24 years is weak and vulnerable, capable of being exploited in many ways. End quote. The Supreme Court, however, later reversed this judgment, pointing out that the woman in question is a major and she is perfectly capable of independently living as she pleases. The handbook also includes the distinction between the terms sex and gender and touches upon the concerns of the LGBTQIA+ community by talking about fluidity. It establishes that sex is about the biological characteristics of a person while gender is a social construct and is ever evolving and changing. Now that's a lot. But now you must be wondering who is the mind behind this project? Well, there are 3 of them actually. The handbook is the result of a joint effort between Moshmi Bhattacharya of the Kolkata High Court, Pratibha Singh of the Delhi High Court, and Juma Sen, who's a professor of law at the Jindal Global Law School. If you ask me, this is a massive step taken by the legal system in our country, and honestly, it's about time too. In this day and age, where a majority of the conversations surround the topic of gender. It only makes sense that we change the way we use legal language for the better. I mean, come on! It is the twenty-first century we are talking about. For the next few minutes, you are going to know a little more than you did yesterday from the world of technology, business, policy, and anything that leaves you with food for thought. Hello, I'm Manaswini, and this is the deep dive for eighteenth August, twenty twenty-three. Do you ever wonder what became of that dress you returned to Amazon because the fit was bad or the fabric was too rough on your skin or the dress simply didn't look like anything you saw on the website? Okay, actually one more question. Out of all the things you order from the likes of Amazon, Snapdeal, Myntra and Meesho, how many of them do you return? For one, I liberally return orders and tell this to no one. 
sometimes i have returned stuff after using it and apparently this is a legit global phenomenon online shopping goes hand in hand with consumers returning what they shopped for according to the new yorker the annual retail value of returned goods in the us is said to be approaching a trillion dollars can you believe it a trillion dollars most of us don't even think twice before ordering random stuff from amazon in the us people almost return everything they order during the christmas week according to statista 80% of online shoppers in the united kingdom think free returns are important in online shopping and the law gives them a 6 month window to do it now this behavior on part of online consumers might be troubling retail companies the new yorker reported that returns to online retailers now average close to 20% and returns to apparel are often double of that and these returns burn a big hole in their pockets why because often shipping alone costs more than the items can be resold for but wait resold i always thought that whatever i return just goes back into regular inventory and then a new customer buys it for a full price no well now we can all wake up because that is not the case the new yorker says that for a very long time a shocking percentage of online returns was simply discarded or as they say in the industry the product was quote on quote destroyed in the field the magazine says that this is still happening with cheap clothes defective gadgets and luxury items but now with the number of returns going through the roof many online retailers are trying to subtly discourage customers from returning orders ever so mindlessly take for instance the e-commerce giant amazon it has started adding a quote on quote frequently returned item label to the listing of the orders that are often sent back the e-commerce giant is also asking buyers to carefully go through customer reviews and product descriptions even other retailers have started shrinking their refund windows and yet others are imposing fees on returns but here is a slight risk the new yorker suggests that online retailers worry that discouraging returns discourages buying in the first place driving revenues down after all so many of us choose to buy stuff from amazon only when we are guaranteed that the product will be returned in case it turns out faulty or who are we kidding also in case that we change our mind after it comes home otherwise so many of us will go to the good old brick and mortar shops to first get a feel of the product before we commit money don't you agree with me well economists and e-commerce companies get this dale rogers told the new yorker and i'm quoting him there are people who think that open returns are an idea whose time has come and gone but it is a hallmark of successful american retail if you make it easy to shop and you reduce the risk of the consumer what you get is a lifetime consumer end quote and that lifetime consumer is worth fighting for okay i do realize i got a little too dramatic here but what i wanted to say is that online retail companies are trying to find ways to keep online shopping hassle free for shoppers but at the same time reduce the increasing costs of returns amazon is now offering its prime consumers a 7 day quote on quote try before you buy option on select apparels and you won't believe this some retailers are asking their complaining consumers to take the refund but keep the product too don't bother sending it back thank you so much what is more surprising is that according to the new yorker companies that sell expensive stuff like beds and furniture are also embracing this strategy 
because shipping back these heavy items is just too expensive. See, so much for building customer loyalty. But amid the giants of online retail, thanks to returns, a new and only slightly visible economic universe of reverse supply chain is booming. What do they do? These companies get hold of returned products, repair them and auction them off at cheap rates. Always better than perfectly fine products end up at landfills. And before we sign off for the week, here is our third segment, One Last Thing, where we bring to you an offbeat story that you won't find in the headlines. I'm sure you've heard of knockoff clothes and shoes. But have you ever heard of knockoff cheese? So yes, I know this is going to sound like oxymoron, but fake authentic cheese is the reason Italian Parmesan producers are fighting to protect the authenticity of their produce. And the solution you ask? Well, it's edible microchips. So yes, Italian cheesemakers have been attaching edible microchips to their 90-pound cheese wheels to tell real from fake. Chicago-based pea chip will be making the chips which will help trace cheese as far back as the milk producer. This is extremely important as food authenticity guarantees are a big deal in Europe. The Wall Street Journal says that there are about 3,500 European Union products that enjoy this privilege, including Parmesan. According to a 2020 study, the market makes almost $87 billion annually. But then guaranteed authentic food commands higher prices. And so naturally, the market is full of fakes which sell for cheap. These fakes are exactly why even authentic wineries are putting serial numbers out of invisible ink on their bottles. So in case you happen to try authentic Parmesan cheese, there are chances you are eating a chip with it. But don't worry, all it will be tracking is the cheese, not you. If you like listening to The Signal Daily, please show us some support. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'd love to hear what you have to say about this podcast. So feel free to shoot an email at hello at the rate the signal.co. The Signal Daily is produced in association with IBM. The episode was written and researched by Sneha and Anup, edited by Dinesh Narayanan, produced by me, Manaswini, mastered and mixed by Manas and Nirvan. You can catch this podcast every morning on Spotify, Apple, Amazon Prime Music, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are the signal.co on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter.